0: welcome to Mana for breakfast the daily bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the word of god from genesis to revelation in one year grab a cup of coffee and your bible and join us as we journey together through god's word good morning everyone welcome it is another beautiful day it was 60 degrees this morning or 59 or something like that early on now it's warming up to about 63 64. but we're having a nice day nice to have you with us for this beautiful morning we are going to be reading in the book of exodus 9 10 and 11 and matthew 25 the rest of matthew 25 beginning verse 31 as we moving through the bible chronologically and i invite you to find a bible it's helpful to know your bible if you have that ability to do that so going to go right into this day in history and probably just do one specific day because I found this so, so interesting and entertaining at the same time. On this day, February 10th, 1960, Jack Parr, the Jack Parr Show, which of course was predecessor, I believe, to John and Carson, if I'm right. He was the one that started the Tonight Show. He told a joke, which... Caused him to walk off the show the following night because they were very upset at him because he told a, a joke referring to a toilet, otherwise known as a water closet, and that was very taboo. So he walked off for a uh, month because he was protesting that they censored him because of his toilet <laughs> joke, which is, so I'm going to read you the joke. You make your own decision whether you think this was worth being censored for. So are you ready? Here's, here's the joke. Got to listen closely. An English lady while visiting Switzerland was looking for room for a more extended stay. And she asked the schoolmaster if he could recommend any to her. He took her to see several rooms when everything was settled, the lady returned to her home to make final preparations for the move. When she arrived home, the thought suddenly occurred to her that she had not seen the WC around anywhere. So she immediately wrote a note to the schoolmaster asking him if there was a WC near the room. The schoolmaster was a very poor student of English. So he asked the parish priest if he could help in the matter. Together, they tried to discover the meaning of the letters WC. The only solution they could come up with for the letters was the West Side Chapel. The schoolmaster then wrote the following note to the English lady. Dear Madam, I take great pleasure in informing you that the WC is situated nine miles from your room that you will occupy. In the center have a beautiful grove of pine trees surrounded by lovely grounds. It is capable of holding 229 people and it is only open on Sunday and Thursday. As there are a great number of people who are expected during the summer months, I would suggest that you come early, although as a rule there's plenty of standing room. You'll no doubt be glad to hear that a good number of people bring their lunch and make a day of it. While others can who can afford to go by car arrive just in time, I would especially recommend for your ladyship uh, go on Thursdays when there's musical accompaniment. It may interest you to know that my daughter was married in the W.C. and it was there that she met her husband. I can remember the rush there was for seats. There were ten people to a seat. Ordinarily occupied by one It was wonderful to see the expression on their faces. The newest attraction is a bell donated by a wealthy resident for the district. It rings every time a person enters. A bazaar is to be held to provide plush seats for all people since they felt it is... A long-felt need my wife is rather delicate she can't attend regularly I shall be delighted to reserve the best seat for you if you wish where you will be seen by everyone for the children there is a special time and place so that they will not disturb the elders hoping to have uh, been of service to you I remain sincerely the schoolmaster Okay, you got to love that that joke. That's one of the all-time classics. I could not stop laughing the first time I read it. That's why I had to calm myself down so I could read it without losing it. So there you go, Jack Parr. That was considered a very off-color joke back in the 60s. Can you imagine where we've come from now? Wow. Well, let's go ahead and pray, and we'll look into this day. Father, thank you for bringing us to your throne, and thank you for bringing us here that we can come and listen to your word and be blessed by it and built up and encouraged. So guide us now, in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, don't censor me for that joke. I think you guys are okay with it. Exodus chapter 9, the Egyptian cattle die. Then the Lord said to Moses, go to Pharaoh. And speak to him, thus says the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, let my people go that they may serve me. For if you refuse to let them go and continue to hold them, behold, the hand of the Lord will come with a very severe pestilence on your livestock, which are in the field and on the horses and on the donkeys and on the camels and on the herds and on the flocks. But the Lord will make a distinction between the livestock of Israel and the livestock of Egypt so that nothing will die of all that belongs to the sons of Israel. The Lord set a definite time saying tomorrow the Lord will do this thing in the land. So the Lord did this thing on the next day and all the livestock of Egypt died. But the livestock of the sons of Israel, not one died. Pharaoh sent, and behold, and there was not even one of the livestock of Israel dead, but the heart of Pharaoh was hardened, and he did not let the people go. Verse 8, Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Take for yourselves handfuls of soot from the kiln, and let Moses throw it towards the sky in the sight of Pharaoh. It will become fine dust over all the land of Egypt, and it will become boils breaking out with sores on man and beast through all the land of Egypt. So they took soot from the kiln and stood before Pharaoh, and Moses threw it towards the sky, and it became boils breaking out with sores on man and beast. The magicians could not stand before Moses because of the boils, for the boils were on the magicians as well as on all the Egyptians. And the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, And he did not listen to them, just as the Lord had spoken to Moses. Then the Lord said to Moses, Rise up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh and say to him, Thus says the Lord, the God of of the Hebrews, Let my people go, that they may serve me. For this time I will send all my plagues on you and your servants and your people. So that you may know that there is no one like me in all the earth. For if by now I had put forth my hand and struck you and your people with pestilence, you would then have been cut off from the earth. But indeed, for this reason, I have allowed you to remain in order to show you my power and in order to proclaim my name through all the earth. Still, you exalt yourself against my people by not letting them go behold about this time tomorrow i will send a very heavy hail such as not has been seen in egypt from the day it was founded until now now therefore send bring your livestock and whatever you have in the field for safety every man and beast that is found in the field and is not brought home when the hail comes down on them will die the one among the servants of pharaoh who feared the word of the lord made his servants and his livestock flee into the houses but he who paid no regard to the word of the lord left his servants and his livestock in the field now the lord said to moses stretch out your hand towards the sky that hail may fall on the land of egypt on man and on beast and on every plant of the field throughout the land of egypt moses stretched out his staff towards the sky and the lord sent thunder and hail and fire ran down to the earth And the Lord rained hail on the land of Egypt so that there was hail and fire flashing continually in the midst of the hail, very severe, such as not had been in all the land of Egypt since it became a nation. The hail struck all that was in the field through all the land of Egypt, both man and beast. The hail also struck every plant of the field and shattered every tree of the field. Only in the land of Goshen, where the sons of Israel were, there was no hail. Then Pharaoh sent for Moses and Aaron and said to them, I have sinned this time. The Lord is the righteous one, and I and my people are the wicked ones. Make supplication to the Lord, for there has been enough of God's thunder and hail, and I will let you go, and you shall stay no longer. Moses said to him, as soon as I go out of the city, I will spread out my hands to the Lord, and thunder will cease, and there will be no hail that you may know that the earth is the Lord's. But as for you and your servants, I know that you do not yet fear the Lord God. Now the flax and the barley were ruined, for the barley was in the ear and the flax was in the bud, but the wheat and the spelt were not ruined for they ripened late. So Moses went out from the city of Pharaoh and spread out his hands to the Lord, and the thunder and the hail ceased, and the rain no longer poured on the earth. But when Pharaoh saw that the rain and the hail and the thunder had ceased, he sinned again and hardened his heart, he and his servants. Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he did not let the sons of Israel go, just as the Lord had spoken through Moses. Chapter 10. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart and the heart of his servants, that I may perform these signs of mine among them. And that you may tell in the hearing of your son and of your grandson how i made a mockery of the egyptians and how i performed my signs among them that you may know that i am the lord moses and aaron went to pharaoh and said thus says the lord the god of the hebrews how long will you refuse to humble yourself before me let my people go that they may serve me If you refuse to let my people go, behold, tomorrow I will bring locusts into your territory, and they shall cover the surface of the land, so that no one will be able to see the land. They will also eat the rest of what has escaped, what is left to you from the hail, and they will eat every tree which sprouts for you out of the field. Then your houses shall be filled and the houses of all your servants, and the houses of all the Egyptians, something which neither your fathers nor your grandfathers have seen from the day that they came upon the earth until this day. And he turned and went out from Pharaoh. And Pharaoh's servants said to him, How long will this man be a snare to us? Let the men go, that they may serve the Lord their God. Do you not realize that Egypt is destroyed? So Moses and Aaron were brought back to Pharaoh, and he said to them, go serve the Lord your God, who are the ones that are going. And Moses said, we shall go with our young and our old, with our sons and our daughters, with our flocks and our herds. We shall go, for we must hold a feast to the Lord. And he said to them, thus may the Lord be with you. If ever I let you and your little ones go, take heed for evil is in your mind. Not so, go now the men among you and serve the Lord for that is what you desire. So they were driven out from Pharaoh's presence. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the land of Egypt for the locusts that they may come up over the land of Egypt and eat every plant of the land, even all that the hail has left. So Moses stretched out his staff over the land of Egypt and the Lord directed an east wind on the land all that day and all that night. And when it was morning, the east wind brought the locusts, and the locusts came up from all over the land of Egypt and settled in all the territory of Egypt. They were very numerous. There had never been so many locusts, nor would there be so many again. For they covered the surface of the whole land so that the land was darkened, and they ate every plant of the land and all the fruit of the trees that the hail had left, and nothing green was left on the tree or the plant of the field through all the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh hurriedly called for Moses and Aaron, and he said, I've sinned against the Lord your God and against you. Now, therefore, please forgive my sin. Only this once I make supplication to the Lord your God that he would only remove this death from me. He went out from Pharaoh and made supplication to the Lord. So the Lord shifted the wind to a very strong west wind, which took up the locusts and drove them into the Red Sea. Not one locust was left in all the territory of Egypt, but the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart and he did not let the sons of Israel go. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand towards the sky that there may be darkness on the land of Egypt, even a darkness which may be felt. So Moses stretched out his hand towards the sky and there was thick darkness in all the land of Egypt for three days. They did not see one another, nor did any one rise from his place for three days. But all the sons of Israel had light in their dwellings. Then Pharaoh called to Moses and said, Go serve the Lord. Only let your flocks and your herds be detained. Even your little ones may go with you. But Moses said, You must also let us have sacrifices and burnt offerings, that we may sacrifice them to the Lord our God. Therefore, Our livestock, too, shall go with us, not a hoof shall be left behind, for we shall take some of them to serve the Lord our God. And until we arrive there, we ourselves do not know with what we shall serve the Lord. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he was not willing to let them go. Then Pharaoh said to him, Go away from me, beware, do not see my face again, for in the day you see my face, you shall die. And Moses said, You are right, I shall not see your face again. Chapter 11. Now the Lord said to Moses, One more plague I will bring on Pharaoh and on Egypt. After that, he will let you go from here. When he lets you go, he will surely drive you out from here completely. Speak now in the hearing of the people that each man ask from his neighbor and each woman from her neighbor for articles of silver and articles of gold. The Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Furthermore, the man Moses himself was greatly esteemed in the land of Egypt, both in the sight of Pharaoh's servants and in the sight of the people. Moses said, Thus says the Lord, About midnight I am going out in the midst of Egypt, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sits on the throne, even to the firstborn of the slave girl who is behind the millstone. All the firstborn." of the cattle as well. Moreover, there shall be a great cry in the land of Egypt, such as there has not been before, and such as shall never be again. But against any of the sons of Israel, a dog will not even bark, whether against man or beast, that you may understand how the Lord makes distinction between Egypt and Israel. All these your servants will come down to me and bow themselves before me, saying, Go out, you and all your people who follow you, and after that I will go out. And he went out from Pharaoh in hot anger. Then the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh will not listen to you, so that my wonders will be multiplied in the land of Egypt. Moses and Aaron performed all these wonders before Pharaoh, yet the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he did not let the sons of Israel go out from his land so there you have the completion or almost we're going to get tomorrow the completion of the 10 plagues and we see pharaoh hardening his heart but i i have these thoughts in my mind how a lot of this stuff worked out when all of the hail came down how did moses get over to see pharaoh how did he get out of the the town to pray for the hail and the rain to stop i mean it's likely that he had aaron there holding up some kind of a basket or board or something over his head or god supernaturally put it put a, a little bubble of protection around him that he the, the logistics are interesting when he's called a pharaoh in the middle of these plagues what about in the middle of the locusts is he walking through a cloud of locusts and stepping on them and crunching all the way into the palace uh, is is are they all over pharaoh and the throne in every part of the palace you you know we the movies don't do any justice to the reality of this and then the um, the plague of darkness it could be felt people didn't move in their homes for three days it would seem that they weren't able to light fire. It uh, if it was just darkness, they had plenty of candles. They were used to darkness every night. They just light a bunch of candles What's the big deal. But it seems they were unable to. There was something that was so dark they could be felt. It would probably it cost it probably caused them to f- fall into fear, where they stayed in their homes and did not move for three days. Try and wrap your mind around that, and yet. In Goshen, everybody had light, and yet the Egyptians couldn't see it because they were in total darkness. So there was some type of curtain, some type of you know God's supernatural veil there. It's um, it's just quite interesting. All of the details when you stop and think about how amazing these plagues were, and what it cost these people, and how they the people of egypt suffered so much because of the hard-heartedness of pharaoh yeah it's interesting and it's interesting on on how god says it. he will drive you out see first god is it was by god's instruction god says just tell him you're going to sacrifice so moses wasn't lying it's what god told him to say And God did this for, I think, legal, judicial reasons, so that when Pharaoh let them go, he was driving them out. In other words, he is saying, you are no longer slaves, I'm letting you go. It was important that they not be, I don't know, considered as rebel slaves that had left or escaped. They were being let go by Pharaoh. It, it was important, at least in God's mind, in God's for symbolism, for prophetic understanding that God, he, he's releasing us from the grips and the power of the, of the enemy of darkness, and that that enemy has no recourse. He must let us go when we are serving the all-powerful God. It's pretty phenomenal. All right, Matthew 25, verses 31 through 46. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them from one another as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep on the right and the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed of my father, inherit The kingdom prepared for you from the foundations of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you and thirsty and give you something to drink? And when did we see you a stranger and invite you in or naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? The king will answer and said to them, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did it to one of these brothers of mine, even the least of them, you did it to me. Then he will also say to those on his left, Apart from me, accursed ones, into the eternal fire, which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty. And you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in naked and you did not clothe me sick in prison. You did not visit me. Then they themselves also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. These will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. This is not work righteousness. This is not working to doing stuff to gain salvation. It's simply operating out of the love you have for the Lord and out of the reality of your salvation. It's the same. The analogy of of someone you're married to is the same kind of deal. You don't go to great extents to... Serve the person that you are married to to gain their approval. You, you know, so I'm, I'm I'm cooking dinner for you, or I'm fixing the car and I'm fixing the house so that in hopes of one day that you might fully accept me, uh, one day that you might that we might really be married. And the person you're married to just go, no, we're already married. We have a covenant relationship. And you're oh, really? So people take this wrong. What happens is once you are married, even before, you do the things you do for the person you love because you're doing them out of love. If you tell the person, oh, I love you, but once you're married to them, you do absolutely nothing. I mean, you don't do anything. Well, you don't ever talk to them you don't ever look at them you just kind of were married but I'm, I'm I'm just going to the office and you get home and after the office you go to the bar and then you go and play pool then you go sleep and you never talk to that person that you're married with is that a marriage no it's not so you may have You know on the human side you may have signed a marriage contract or something but uh by the world standards by anybody normal standards you're not married you 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 think you just you say you are but you're really not and this is the people that the the sheep and the goats the goats are the ones that think that they're married to the bridegroom they think that they're christians and they have even done some things um, I mean, they may be a few things in their mind, but basically, they haven't done anything. They've never reached out. They've never demonstrated or responded to the love that was poured into them where the sheep did. The sheep naturally are going to do, be moved by the Holy Spirit to do the things that are close to the heart of their Savior, reaching out to the poor, touching the blind, helping those that are sick. And this is a response of love. It is just an out. It's just a natural response of the Holy Spirit moving in you. It's one of the evidences that you are saved. You care about the weak and the, the hungry and the needy, and you're not self-focused on your own carnal uh, desires. So this is the what's going to happen when Jesus comes back. And it's the distinction we're seeing you know, in, in Revelation in those churches that Laodicea you know you have you you have a name that you're alive but you're dead you're dead you think that you're alive but you're not you're hungry poor thirsty hungry (laughs) you're i forgot that all of the all of the words um they were certainly blind and, and they were poor and needy uh anyway so that was that church and this is what his comparison is he's coming back And there's going to be just a horrible, horrible awakening. I just watched some theologian student out of the University of Duke give a sermon, a female giving a sermon to the liberated pride something, something of Duke and describing God as a God who is queer. And it's worshiping and praying to our holy transsexual queer God. I'm going okay. Um, that's a goat. That's a goat. And um, even the Christian group uh, Maverick City that was there at the Gram at the at the Grammys awards, receiving their award for Christian music at the Grammys, which was a worship service to Satan. And they didn't walk out. They didn't say anything. They didn't protest. The whole thing was a worship service. Everybody's dressed up with horns on. They have satanic dancing and rituals through the whole thing. I'm just beside myself. What's going on? The Christian music is just going nuts. So many bad people in Christian music these days. Well, anyway, enough of my bantering. Let's go on to um, Charles Spurgeon, Constant witness. For thou shalt be his witness unto all men of what thou hast seen and heard. Acts 22.15 Paul was chosen to see and hear the Lord speaking to him out of heaven. This divine election was a high privilege for himself, but it was not intended to end with him. It was meant to have an influence upon others. Yes, upon all men. It is to Paul that Europe owes the gospel at this hour. It is ours in our measure to be witness of which of that which the Lord has revealed to us, and it is at our peril that we hide the precious revelation. First we must see and hear, or we shall have nothing to tell. But when we have done so we must be eager to bear our testimony. It must be personal. Thou shalt be It must be for Christ. Thou shalt be his witness. It must be constant and all-absorbing. We are to be this above all things and to the exclusion of many other matters. Our witness must not be to a select few who will cheerfully receive us, but to all men, to all whom we can reach, young or old rich or poor good or bad we must never be silent like those who are possessed by a dumb spirit for the text before us is a command and a promise we must not miss it thou shalt be his witness you are my witness saith the lord father we thank you for placing your precious holy spirit in us we thank you for the gift of salvation and your constant teaching and explaining your word to us and giving us the understanding of who we are, the purpose we have on this earth, and the, the privilege and the blessings we have in serving you and how we are to serve you. We get it all explained if we are taking the time to listen. And God, we pray that we do not fall into mediocrity and into that mindset which has beset so much of the culture of Europe and even the United States of a complete lethargy and just kind of going through the motions of going to church. It would bring us to be very close to being one of the goats. We desire God to, to be a part of your, <laughs> um, of, of your blessed church, uh, your fold, that you would be our shepherd and guide us not only to those streams of of water, of refreshing and the great fields and the pastures where we can feed, but then bring us into those areas where you want to then use us to reach people. And being able to speak boldly to the people we care about, our families, but also those that we That we meet along the way that have questions that that might open up a conversation i think there are so many people that come to church that visit here that tell me they witness to their taxi driver or to the person at the, the restaurant people they meet on the beach god is such a strong witness and such a wonderful thing to see them bring them into church and to know that their walk with you is going beyond the surface and the superficial but going to be real when down on vacation, they could easily hide their Christianity. They could easily fall into drinking and, and um, because nobody knows who they are. But what a joy to see the, the strong believer who cares about others, who wants to give them a glass of fresh water. Those who know that the people around them are hurting and suffering and cares and wants to help them feed them clothe them whatever is needed so we thank you for the way you are already working in your body here in Vallarta, through so many that are coming and participating with us thank you so much for that god we just pray you continue that and continue to build us up continue to use us give us the strength give renee the strength that she needs lots of energy uh to plan out and do all of the stuff she does at the mission to do the ministry with the ladies to the um, all the sound equipment at church all the translation that she needs your uh, anointing and your strength as well as the rest that serve in the church uh volunteering and we just thank you for what you're doing the evangelism team thank you for what happened last night and the people that were ministered to and shared the gospel, the people that received the track, we anyone that received a track last night. God, we pray that those people keep them in their pocket, read them, think about them, and that it would have its effect because your word does not return void. So we thank you for that. and We thank you for um, thank you for all all the people that just received the gospel that understood it that could clearly understand that you love them and want a relationship with them and we would ask that they would open your their hearts completely to you and come to church we thank you for the the brother that came to church with larry and kathy and that had been with us years before may you continue to encourage him and bring him back as well as the other brother that was came from the evangelism team's uh contact and it was with us a few sundays Receive the lord may you bring him back as well as all the young kids that have Recently received the Lord, God bring them back to the mission that Renee and Ispati and Juan Carlos and all the others could continue to build them up and minister to them. So thank you for what you're doing. I ask God that you continue to give us solid direction and give us your guidance and keep feeding us so that we can feed others so we thank you so much for those that are also going through medical situations but gaining ground that are seeing results we thank you for that for hank's life and seeing some some good results there we pray for kevin the same thing that he can see good results slightly better um, diagnosis from his blood work so we're encouraged by that you continue god to to bring in good news and any others that are have gotten tests recently that they would hear the right news they need to hear that their bodies are healing. So we do thank you, God. We praise you. And uh, again, God, there's only a, probably a few more hours of window of opportunity to save people in, there in Turkey that are un, caught under the rubble that could still be alive. Uh, unless you supernaturally uh, hold them, God, we pray that they be found, Would be found soon. So we know that, and sadly, so tragically, that there might be some people holding on to life just on the edge of, of, of dying right now, over there. So please guide the workers to those people and help them find them and bring them out safely. Thank you for the victories. Thank you for the people who brought out the daughter and the father that were brought out miraculously yesterday, having spent two And a half days underground. So, God, we thank you for that miracle and and the different things you're doing over there. So, we praise you, God, and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Boy, the times are getting interesting with what's going on. Uh, It's just every day is something more and more prophetic is is happening. So, all the more reason to stay close um, in your reading of scripture to understand. No better time to be going through the book of Revelation. So keep uh, keep your eyes up. Keep loving Jesus and keep telling people about him. And we will see you tomorrow at the same time. Bye-bye.